This is Beekeeper Confidential, a show about the curious lives of bees and their beekeepers. I'm your host, Mandy Shaw. In today's episode, we meet with Jeremy Campbell from We Beekeeping. He's a beekeeper based out of Texas who also moonlights as a member of the Bee Informed Partnership Technical Transfer Team. Be a bee on the wall and listen in as we talk about what it takes to earn a living as an urban beekeeper, misconceptions about bees and hornets, invasive species, and finding bodies in walls. beekeeping community is so rich with different personalities and different methodologies and backgrounds and origin stories. So that's what this show is all about. <laughs> and th- and that's awesome. It's funny that you mentioned the whole being in the initial phase and I want to tell everyone about bees and I know everything. Uh, there's a guy that I, you know, a client of mine and after the first year of beekeeping with him, uh, cause he had already been trying to do it for a year or two and he was getting all these losses and it's like, Oh my gosh, what do I do? And so we're going through the bees after one day and we get out and, you know, it was kind of a bad day. We found some, some bad stuff in the hives. And he said, you know, Jeremy, ever since I've started working with you, I feel like I don't, I know less about bees. I was like, that means you're doing it right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I am just, um, I'm in my fifth year with bees and I, my access to actually doing beekeeping is very limited now because I have my kids with me all the time and so it's been so much more about observation and trusting in the bees natural process yes and that's kind of a hard thing because yes we're just we're really trained as beekeepers that we got to get in our hives every two weeks and we got to stop those swarms and we you know just very different it's very different, but also feels good to sort of be in that place where it's like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and and I told him you just gotta look. I mean, you you know, he said he said he said I just expected the bees to take care of themselves because they're natural mm-hmm. and they know what they're doing. And I said, well, yes, but you know, natural things also die and fail, yeah. so you need to adjust your expectations. Uh, it's totally okay to keep bees that way, but you need to have. You know, you need to expect to have some losses if you're not going to do certain things to manage them. And that's just how it works in nature. It's totally normal. Yeah. And it's okay. You yeah. Know? And I think for, for me, I, I have I have enough uh, good stock in my apiaries that mm-hmm. they can kind of handle less management. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's it's the kind of bees you want. The, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, my first year I bought commercial bees and it was like they died very quickly without mite treatments, you know? So Yeah. It was a hard lesson. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm not buying bees again, I'm staying local. Yeah. So. I've I love catching swarms. This has been such a great swarm catching year for in oh, Portland. Yeah, sorry, I've where seen... where are you based out of again? Portland? Uh, Portland, yeah. Up in yeah, Oregon. Okay. And you're te- you're in Texas, right? Right. I'm in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Okay. Yeah. Wow, you so you guys are hit pretty hard right now with covid yes yes the numbers are going up every day and people still don't want to wear their masks it's it's kind of crazy wow it's, it's nuts it's like um 
it's like uh, yeah i don't even know how to describe it it's insane like they finally so the the municipalities have finally started saying like you have to wear a mask in public you have to wear a mask to do business and you know the you know these stores put the signs all over the the windows and the the whatever everything's got a sign on it says you have to wear a mask and people just blatantly ignore it they just walk right in and like i even found a viral video the other day of a woman like uh, just, just absolutely throwing a, a fit, you know, like throwing her groceries on the ground or something over being told she had to wear a mask. And I was like, I was like, oh, I've, I'm listening to what she's saying. I'm like, ah, oh, she says F Dallas. I was like, ah, oh, of course it's in Dallas. Oh. <laughs> wow. Did you guys have a shelter in place order at any time or school closures? Oh, yeah. So you were doing all oh, of yeah. that. All of the above. Wow. All of the above. Shelter in place, everything. But the problem is, is it's so like laissez-faire, you know, and, mm -hmm. and they're not trying to enforce it. And, you know, uh, and that's okay. You know, businesses have started to pick up the slack. And now finally with the resurgence, uh, governors are starting to wear masks on camera and they're starting to like, you know, actually, you know, tell lead people, you know they're not strong enough. <laughs> yeah. Lead by example, precisely, you yeah. know, but they, they, they love my freedoms. Don't, don't take my freedoms. I'm like, all right, well you have Oof. the freedom to like not shop anywhere because you're an idiot. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting <laughs> to me how, how wearing a mask has become such a political, political divide, statement. a statement. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Not even 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 the uh, the the yellow man in chief will 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 you know would say like oh follow these guidelines and it's like they still don't want to. I don't know. I'm not trying know. to make it politically divisive either, but <laughs> dang it, it does seem to be a certain kind of people. This yeah. year, like I feel like everything's coming to such a a nasty boiling head right now that yes. that um I mean I. I understand why people are feeling so on edge and, and angst and stressed out and scared and yes. like, yeah, all of that. Now, how and, has and, it been for your business? Uh, well, it's been, uh, it's, it hasn't affected it too much beyond the removals, really. The B mm -hmm. removals, I have to adjust the pricing a bit. Um, yeah. because people, you know, some people like, uh, I just did a bid today for a woman who's a wedding planner. And I said, oh, you're having a bad time right now. Um, you know, and, and so anyways, yeah. So I've had to adjust my pricing a bit. Um, but really, uh, I was never a big volume guy in terms of removals. So mm -hmm. I've actually seen a slight increase in removal frequency anyways, and, yeah. um, still have same beekeeping clients. I had a couple clients drop out, but not covid related um they were just kind of like not feeling it and that happens with a lot of people you know they get they get the b they get the b uh the b buzz or whatever and then they they kind of like wow oh, this is a lot of work and like oh sometimes i get stung like what do i oh. right and so, why am i not getting any honey <laughs> yeah or, or, or why did they die right and it's yeah. like well you started with one hive and you, you kind of had me over infrequently and you didn't read and you didn't do anything and it's like well you're going to need to have a couple of highs if you want to learn something, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, but overall, not a big uh, change. I mean, you know, I, I usually don't have to work from inside of people's homes. Mm -hmm. So that's the nice part. Um, so, and then surprisingly, no one wants to, you know, hang around you when you're in a bee suit and, and they're not, I don't, I don't get it. Like, you know, what is so weird. I, I kind of experienced a little bit of the opposite of that. With, really? with swarm catching this year, like going out in the community and collecting swarms because everybody's home, they all want to mm. come out and talk about everything that they've ever had having anything to do with bees. 
Yes. And and there have been moments where I just feel like everybody, please step back. Oh, that, that's always been the case. I'm always, trying to work here, and you yeah. know, my kids are over there climbing on top of the van, and I'm like trying to. Get... <laughs> You're trying to pick up a storm. Oh God, yeah. I can only imagine. I don't have children. I can only imagine what it feels like being a beekeeper. And oh a my God. Well, I, I think that there's this image of. Little kids in bee suits, and they're learning about <laughs> nature, and they're learning about biology, and they're learning how honey is made, and it's there's something very cute about that. Like, Worse. but when it comes down to it, it's really, really frustrating because they're moving <laughs> on ultra speed. You know, their minds are moving so fast, and and then they get tired. They have a of short really attention quick. span. And yeah, so <laughs> fine. It's it's yeah. They don't help me a whole lot. <laughs> No, no, kids are always no, no. In the bees, you're you actually have extra stuff to manage. Like, but don't tip that over. Yeah. What are you doing? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, oh. I just want to apologize at how flaky I've been about. Oh, that's cool. Setting this up, but here we are, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to so do it. So. Glad to meet you, and yeah. um, I'm excited to talk with you today. Likewise, likewise. And don't even worry about it because I'm equally flaky. And, uh, okay. you know, oh, I so came to you, then. you know, I, I came to you about this. So, yeah. you know, don't feel bad. Uh, it's kind of nice. I'm sure you're busy. My first year of doing the show, I was really, so at times, very hard pressed to find my next guest. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of shifted. And it's exciting Good. when there's people like, hey, I want to, I want to come on. I want to talk about what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I thought because I heard you do some guests, and I was like, "Oh, that's so cool!" Like, I want to, I want to see what you know, like how, how like I want to contribute to that, you know, like yeah. I want to see how that fits, how what I'm doing fits in with that, and uh, yeah, oh yeah, and it's a cool show too. You have a very um, like it's a very chill, simple vibe to it. You know, it's not it's not overly uh, engineered. I like it. Thank you. So, so you just returned from uh, working with. Be informed partnership. Correct. I love them. Tell me about what you were doing. So, Be informed partnership has me going on trips occasionally to assist them with their tech transfer teams. Which um, there's many facets, of course, to their business. I say there, I'm I'm part of them, but uh, <laughs> I have I have the biggest crush on that job. I know, right? <laughs> I did too. I did too. And and um it's a crazy story I got involved with them, but but yeah, they so when we go on trips, uh I'm with the the teams which they're getting like really into the nitty-gritty of it. Like they're the ones collecting the samples, they're the ones scheduling things with the beekeepers, they're meeting the beekeepers. You know, there's a strict uh, you know, they have to adhere to all the confidentiality stuff we do because, you know, beekeepers want to well, know stuff perfect, about other because beekeepers. This is beekeeper confidential. So I you know, can tell right? us everything. <laughs> so, so, yeah. I mean, but you're not going into like private apiaries. You're working with businesses. Is that correct? correct. Yeah. So we're, we're working with, um, you know, guys that have as few as, you know, uh, you know, seven, eight hundred hives and as many as like, you know, like 80,000 or something. So it, it's it's a wide range of people you get to see. And um, it's amazing because you get to kind of get this snapshot into uh, a bunch of different businesses. You're a passive sort of observer 
and especially in my case uh being like a, a helper and um and, and and you get to see something that even these beekeepers don't get to see which is a snapshot of multiple apiaries in a, in a in a similar geographical area engaging in similar uh management practices mm -hmm. so it's super cool and yeah and so we're going through and we're mostly um taking samples from hives uh samples of bees uh measuring for varroa you know measuring for disease uh sending sending things to the lab uh, testing new products sometimes we're working you know as almost like it seems like researchers for hire so that's really mm -hmm. cool we get to we get to really it's exciting because I, I don't know how I got into this because they should, by all means, they should have been like, no, you don't, you don't know enough. You're not part of the club, <laughs> and, and, but, but they do, they let me come along and I get to see, you know, pretty much like the cutting edge of some of this stuff um, and, and get to hear these guys deepest secrets. Uh, not, not probably not, but, but you know, you, you get to see their management practices anyways. Yeah. And uh, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, you know, it's not like they're going to say one thing and it's going to be another way, you know, cause yeah. you're like, well, I just looked at, you know, like, <laughs> 50 of your hives so <laughs> in but. comparing apiaries that have large numbers but vastly different numbers are you seeing similar management practices across the board or are they very different and does it have anything to do with the numbers of hives that they're caring for Oh, absolutely. I would say scale has a big, uh, plays a big part in how people manage their bees. And obviously, as you would assume, the smaller guys put a little more effort and a little more attention, you know, each hive will probably get looked at more often. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, you get, uh, you know, those are the guys that go out with you into the field and look with you while you're working. You know, those are the guys that want to get eyes on their own hives. And then, yeah, at some point, um, I think at some point with any commercial business with in bees, it goes from a, uh, you go from being a beekeeper to being like basically a supply chain manager or a logistics manager. And so, yeah, the bigger the apiaries, uh, the more that we're working with their foreman or we're working mm -hmm. with their employees or whatever. And, um, you know, that gets a little, you know, that has its own challenges because they, uh, you know, well, well, anyway, so, ideally these, they would like to see consistency, of course, across all their hives. They want to have the best hives. They want things to be consistent, but it's way more challenging to achieve that goal when there's lots of bees. And so mm -hmm. I think these larger companies definitely have to play with the numbers in a different way than the smaller guys do. Mm -hmm. When they, when they bring you guys in, is it because there's a problem or is it because they're participating in the research? Well, it's a little bit of both. Um, so, uh, our, so there are people that go out in the company that go out and try to, you know, kind of spread the good word, if you will, get people to get onto it. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a little bit of an investment from those guys. You know, they pay and then they get a certain amount of visits they're entitled to. And then, you know, we're trying to track these hives longitudinally, you know, looking at the same hives as often as we can. Um, of course, these guys are moving around, they're, they're tearing them down and making splits and building them back up and you have losses. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, I occasionally we get, you'll get called. Oh, well, I don't get called, but whoever I'm assisting will get some kind of call like, Oh, you know, they think they got sprayed. So we're, we're going to take an extra, uh, pesticide sample or whatever, or, mm -hmm. Oh, they're worried about, you know, they had some losses, 
um, you know, and and they want to know what their Nazima numbers are looking like. So yeah. instead of sending one out of ten samples to the lab, we're going to send all of, you know all the samples to the lab to be double checked for Nazima because we can't check for that in the field, of course. The only thing that they get in real time is are mite numbers, and for a lot of commercial beekeepers, you know, that's most of what they want. Um, they want to get sort of a you know, they just want to put their finger in the wind, if you will, mm-hmm. about what the, what the state of the the mites are is the biggest biggest goal. But on the side, yeah, we're we're collecting data uh, for a long term sort of research uh, accumulation thing. So and so, what was your like motivation? Or what was the attraction for you to get involved and and work with them? Oh wow! So um, so I was already. Uh, I don't remember, maybe four years into beekeeping, I was already kind of doing it for a business on the side, maybe five years. Gosh, I can't even remember now. I've only been working there a little over a year. Anyhow, um, yeah, I I think my main motivation was to learn quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I consult with a lot of hobby beekeepers at home and a lot of them are older than me and I've been keeping bees longer than I've been keeping bees. So I want to offer them something they don't have. And so for me, you know, I had already worked with a couple of different like commercial beekeeping situations. And every time I came out of it, it was like, I'd go back to my bees and I'd see them with different eyes. It was the, the, you know, it could be after a two week trip and I feel like I just grew a year, you know, in knowledge. And um, so, yeah, my main motivation was self growth and in that sort of thing. But I also am just super nosy about what's going on in the commercial beekeeping world. So, (laughs) Well, did you discover anything unexpected, any surprises? Yeah. I mean, Definitely, I kind of already knew some of the management practices, but, you know, it certainly did surprise me. You know, I kind of assumed commercial beekeepers didn't have as many losses as they actually do. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you look at like rebuilding and, and, and making splits and nukes and then, uh, you know, they've got winter losses and then they've got losses from transporting the colonies. And, then, you know, when you when you factor it all in, the losses can actually be pretty high, which is and really surprising And how do they really keep track of it? Right. I, you know, everybody does it differently. It's like some guy's got a big notebook. Uh, some guy's got a big database. Um, you know, some of them are more, de- you know, these larger operations are probably more depending on their foreman. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for the most part, uh, they've got sort of a regular routine, if you will. Like we always put this many hives in this yard and we always mm-hmm. put that many hives in that yard. And then they go through, you know, when their teams go through and, and they see how many losses they have, they can sort of, you know, take a just a general head count. And so I imagine that the data tends to accumulate. And I think at any time, uh, it, it's much like taking your your blood pressure, you know, it can tell you a lot, but it's not everything. Yeah. So yeah. I think a lot of, you know, when you ask the guys, oh, how, well, how many colonies you're managing, you usually get like a range, right? Like they don't, they don't say like exactly this many. <laughs> they, they don't know precisely how many and and honestly they're probably about to make splits anyways so (laughs) yeah i i think i think overall they 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 tend to 
Yeah, everybody's got a different style. Some guys are more trusting and don't want to know those numbers as much. And then some guys are very specific because they are trying to fulfill pollination contracts or they're trying Mm -hmm. to, they got, they have goals, you know, they all have different goals. You know, some guys are looking more at honey. Some are looking more at pollination. Um, You know, some of them would rather sell a lot more bees than the other. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure to those guys, the numbers matter more when they're selling bees versus, you know, if they're just trying to make a great honey crop, it's not quite as important. Yeah. I mean, I could keep asking you questions about that job and things that you learned while you were there, but I don't want to just focus on that because you do other things too. You also have a business where you do consulting and you do live bee removals. Do you want to talk about that? Or do you want to talk about your origin story? It's really... (laughs) I guess an origin story is good. A short origin story would be in order. I think everybody gets their own little cool story. Who are you you like bees? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, of course, um, I've got the classic, um, you know, grew up as a kid wanting to... uh, As soon as I learned the word entomologist, I was like, I want to be that because bugs are so cool, right? And then I ended up going to college and and I went to college for a totally different field of study. And uh, I got... I did my undergrad and I was out kind of in limbo, if you will, like trying to decide, am I going to get my master's degree? Like what, what am I doing? And I was holding down a, like a, you know, like a part-time job or something. And yeah, like swarm of bees showed up in the parking lot. I didn't see them, but everybody else that had to park under that tree did. And they would come in and they'd say, you know, oh, did you see the bees or those, you need to do something about those bees or, and then finally some woman said, those bees are Africanized. You know, you got to do something about this. And I'm like, hmm, what, what does that even mean? And so I start, you know, of course, busting out the smartphone on my break and I'm reading and reading and reading and I, it's still not enough. Uh, so I started getting involved in forums and online discussions. And then finally, you know, somebody's nice enough to say, hey, you know, if you're so curious, why don't you come over here and check them out yourself? So, yeah, went over, uh, drove to Central Texas like two hours to go meet someone. I mean, I could have been murdered for all I knew. I'd never <laughs> met this person in person, you know. And he, here he's running like 100 colonies. And I don't know anything about bees. He's like, wow. oh, I got an extra bee suit. Yeah. So we went through the bees. You know, obviously, he just uh, – it was like a whirlwind. He just takes me through random inspections of different hives. I have no clue what I'm looking at, but it's amazing. And so – he says, and I'm poor, right? I'm poor. I just got out of college. You know, I've got stuff to pay off. I, I've, I've got kind of like a low paying job. So I said, look, you know, I'd love to buy some bees from you. I'd love to support your business, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm poor. And he, so he said, don't worry, take this used equipment back to your house, put it in your backyard. And if you catch a swarm, call me. And, and if you don't want the bees, I'll come pick them up. No worries. Uh, if you want the bees, you can just send me 50 bucks for the for the used equipment as oh a thank gosh. you. So I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. You know, he's kind of like not pressuring me, but like he's he's sort of like, come on, you'll like it. And I'm like, I know I'll like it, but like I'm kind of scared. Like, what do I even do with this? He's like, put it in your backyard. Well, how high up and where do I put it? You know, yeah. all those questions. Now I have to ask what happened with the swarm of bees that was in the tree over the oh. parking lot? 
they just flew off. Oh, they were just gone the next day. Yeah, I showed up the next day and they were gone. And right as I learned, you know, I did the post, you know, I think I looked on Reddit or something. I got the box ready and everything. Exactly. (laughs) I went through the whole like, oh, I'm going to do it, you know. And then I, of course, I I get there the next morning and and they're gone. So, yeah, it was kind of sad. It was a tiny swarm in retrospect. Yeah. You know, Um, and I got so lucky with that, that equipment, you know. I put the equipment in my backyard and within two weeks had two swarms. Oh just move gosh. in. They, they love well-seasoned boxes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and 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 uh, and I didn't even I wasn't even watching because I didn't believe in it. Um, but my my brother, you know, was taking out the dog and he's like, "Man, there's a bunch of bees going in and out of your boxes. What's going on?" I was like, "What bees in the boxes?" So then I'm like. God, now I gotta buy a bee suit and all this, you know. So, uh, and from there, you know how it goes. You know, you're 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 yeah. doing beekeeping as a hobby, and then suddenly you're you're quitting your day job, and like people are telling you you should do this and do that, and then you're making money, and it's like, okay, why am I? This is crazy. Uh, yeah. So, what have been some of the, the harder parts of starting your business? Oh gosh, the business part. Yeah. I'm. I love beekeeping. Um. I love it, uh, but I'm also uh, wanted to do it on my terms, and I want to do it where I live, and I don't want to be running around the country and necessarily all the time. And uh, you know, so the the hardest part really was deciding like what are these services worth? You know, who wants these services? Uh, how do I how do I communicate? You know, how these you know. It, it, it evolved very gradually and it took a lot of really good people in my life pushing me and mm-hmm. saying, Hey, you should try this. You should try this. You know, Hey, uh, not enough people are doing removals. You can make a little money doing that on the side. And so, yeah, at first it was hard to say, Hey, like give me money and then I'll do this thing for you. And they're like, what thing? Like wh- how much? And like, <laughs> nobody knows anything about bees. So it's like, they just kind of, trust you and and so it's it's one of those things where i am always trying to find this medium of making sure i get paid for what i'm doing but also doing what i love and 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 making sure it's like affordable and accessible and And that people feel a a little bit the opposite of what we're taught growing up that like when you are earning money and you're working like it's hard and it's work and that, absolutely like not very many people get to really do what they love and make money doing it or at least maybe not as many as there should be i i completely agree i was definitely like raised that way a little yes. bit of guilt like but i'm having so much fun with this do you don't have to is this, pay me is this real am i being an good. adult <laughs> yeah. yeah am i am yeah. i really being an adult or am i just having fun yeah uh, i know yeah and me, i'm like, still in that <laughs> there there was a, a turning point and i'm sorry from for any listeners who have already heard this story but somebody called me to extract a colony out of a tree that had just fallen this is they mm. were they cut the tree down it broke in half there's bees 30 feet this direction and then another clump of bees over here and they're all confused and it's a huge mess. And they asked me to do it and I explained to them what it would take and then I asked them who was paying for it and they were like, nobody. (laughs) Nobody's paying for it. I'm like, well, this is going to be like, it's going to take a couple days to take care of this and... That's like, you know, they're like, but you would get the bees. Like the bees are, might not survive this. 
you yeah. know and like they might be sick they might make my other bees sick there's just there's so many things that people don't realize when when they are offering you free bees you know what i mean do you get that oh yes oh all the time all the time wait wait but i want to know did you get paid Did you get paid? They they wouldn't pay. So I didn't do it. Oh, and it was oh, really yeah. hard. It was hard. Like, oh my God, yeah. those poor bees. You know, I don't know if they're going to find somebody. Yeah. But it it was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And and making peace with that has been one of the biggest challenges for me, um, especially while you're doing the removal and you accidentally squish a few bees or the like you said, the bees are sick. They don't make it. And you're like, man, am I a bad beekeeper? You know, why did I screw this up? You know, I killed these bees. And it's like, no, I didn't. These people were going to hire someone to exterminate these bees. Yeah. You know, something is better than nothing. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. I, 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 a favorite metaphor of mine that I use is you would not expect, you know, uh, the arborist to cut down the tree for the lumber. Um, you know, obviously the arborist is going to take the lumber and use it. Of course, it's a, it's a resource. You're not going to use it. But, you know, there are better ways to get lumber than going onto people's houses one at a time and chopping down one dinky little tree. You know, if I want more <laughs> colonies, I'll make more colonies. I don't need these colonies one at a time, eight hours at a time, you know. Right. So, so that, yeah. that, and, and not only that, but yeah, I get the bee terrorists all the time, you know, <laughs> which is like, get the bees for free or, mm -hmm. or, you know, they get it. And I'm like, well, if you get them, uh, make sure you, 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 you wear some protection cause it's very dangerous, um, and be safe and maybe have someone take a video. Cause then I can show it to my other customers of why it's a horrible idea uh, and you, and you could get hurt or screw something up and I'm going to add a hundred bucks to my price if that's what you're doing. So, cause then the bees are worthless to me if you've tried to poison them, you know, yeah, I, I can't, yeah. I can't keep the comb. Uh, I can't expect them to survive. They're going to drift into my other colony. So I got to quarantine them, you know, um, have you, that's no fun. Have you been caught? called out to do removals where a previous colony had lived in that cavity and had been exterminated and the new bees kind of move in and it's like gross oh yes or or even just uh, a half a botched extermination job uh oh. even a botched live removal sometimes oh, where they no. just didn't get all yeah it's like they got some of the comb and some of the bees and then they just sort of gave up um yeah wow. those are really really sad sometimes it's an old colony that was successfully exterminated and there's just foragers robbing it and so they think oh it didn't work the bees aren't dead and yeah you know i think maybe there's a colony but they're kind of flying weird in front of the entrance and like something doesn't seem right yeah you open it up and it's you know it's usually a hive beetle city in there or or, or a bunch of bodies or there's honey dripping and bee absolutely bodies, not human bodies correct bee bodies <laughs> well and, and occasionally like a like a gecko or something some poor creature that tried to you know overwinter in there with them but but yeah no i i've definitely uh, found my fair share of those. Um, I did. I've already done several of those just this year, and uh, they're no fun to do. I don't like being a cleanup guy. I'm, you know, I, I'm first, you know, wanting to work with animals, not, mm -hmm. not, not with, uh, not with other people's failures and dealing with those animals. So it's it's disappointing for sure. So I'm curious, you know, when you're going in and and cleaning up after somebody else's mess. Do you get names? 
do you oh, like, right. like do you know who's going around and doing yeah yes and no i mean at this point i'm in a dense metropolitan area you know there's mm -hmm. somewhere around oh god what is it like six or seven million people in the metroplex and it's like oh my god yeah it, it's a large area and so it's you know there are several large companies that make their living, you know, that their primary income is doing uh, is dusting hives. And so what they do is the classic bait and what I call the bait and switch where they'll, they'll tell them these bees, you know, yes, we'll, we'll remove the bees alive. And then the, the tech person shows up and they say, these bees are Africanized or they're too dangerous or we got to kill them. Uh, so then they exterminate the hive. They say, that'll be, you know, X amount of dollars, which is already way too expensive. And then they call them back the next day and say, Hey, by the way, there's a bunch of honey in your wall and you need to pay us over a grand to get it out. And, and it's like somewhere like four or five times the extermination fee. Right. Oh and so God. that's sometimes why I get the, Oh, I'll come clean up this exterminated hive because so and so didn't want to do it for less than twelve hundred dollars, and I can't afford that because I'm on food stamps or whatever, you know. And it's like, oh, oh. man, like what do I do? So yeah, it's 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 rough, and you know, I know those people. They've tried to get me to work for them. You know, they've called me saying, hey, you know, uh, we saw you're doing removals, and you know, we we have more people that want live removals, and and you know, basically, but between you and me, we have no clue what we're doing with live animals. Um, so we need someone that actually knows how to conserve the colony, and uh, and and yeah. So anyways, we're gonna pay you twenty percent, and you got to do all the sales, and you got to do the whole job, and then you got to send us the check. And I was like, uh, you know what? For some reason, I just this is doesn't sound appealing. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> I think I'm worth more than that. So. <laughs> yes, good for you for standing up and owning that. Yeah, yeah. But I've worked. I have some partners that'll come in, um, specifically guys that have worked for these kill and pull operations, and they're very excellent craftsmen. You know, they can they can repair damage. They can they can expose the hive quickly. Mm -hmm. And you know, working with me is a little different because they got to actually suit up and they got to actually be careful. And these are all alive instead of mostly dead. But yeah, anyways, these guys are always you know, kind of on the tail end of that, having been, you know, you know what, this is hard work and we're kind of tired of getting paid too little too. Yeah, so these businesses yeah. have a high turnover rate in addition to their unsavory practices. Now, not all of them are like that. There's plenty of, you know, honest, uh, honest people out there, but most of the pest control companies that have some form of honesty, they understand the liability and they understand that, that these are large gatherings of, of animals. It's many, many, many animals and they're, they don't want to kill them. They don't want, you know, and they don't want the liability associated with it. So I have a relationship with some, you know, pest control people and, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a contentious relationship. You know, they're, they're, they literally exist just to kill insects and I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. You know, I'm trying to preserve all insects. And, and so, you know, it's cool that they'll at least meet me halfway on the honeybees. You know, I wish yeah. they wouldn't kill the wasps and everything else, but yeah. you know, pe people, people are going to do it anyways. So I well, kind of understand it too. Let's talk a little bit about murder hornets. Oh, yes. Oh, oh so. I so wish that article had never been published. <laughs> yeah, so are you still getting the uh, the messages and the, yeah. have you seen this? What do you think about this? Yeah. What's your opinion? I, right away after that happened, I got a voicemail from somebody that I barely know. And he said his friend was on a bike ride and had gotten stung by a murder hornet. 
And could I please call him back because I'm the expert on these things? Oh. And I didn't call him back because I'm not the expert. And I also knew there's no way that that your friend got stung by a murder hornet and needed you to call some random beekeeper that you met once. You know? But I, I think what's happening is it really... Everybody was already scared of everything because it's 2020. And now let's ha- throw in this like prehistoric looking murder hornet and let's scare everybody. <laughs> People already have a difficult enough time as it is identifying their flying, potentially stinging insects. <laughs> and now this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was very surreal for me um, because and it, I definitely take a lot of interest in insects in general. So I had already sort of like spent hours reading about Asian giant hornets in general. And I, and I wouldn't say I was an expert on them, but, you know, I knew more than the average even beekeeper about them. And and it was so weird to have this like weird corner of Wikipedia knowledge suddenly become relevant. And uh, <laughs> everyone wants to know my opinion about it. Right. And. And uh, and why are they even called murder hornets, anyways? I you know I never well, got thank that. Thank you, New York Times. Yeah, I mean, I think just that some sensationalism. That name, exactly, exactly. Because uh, I'm thinking, you know, the amount of you know, you're really not helping the name because people we both know people already don't understand the difference between you know various insects. So you know, it gives it gives bees a bad name in general, and it makes people scared. And I tell people my favorite thing is like, look, you have a higher chance of being bitten by a New Yorker than you do getting attacked by mortar hornets. It's just not going to happen. Okay. Yeah. You, you, you're better. You got, you're better off getting struck by lightning. You, you, yeah. You're more likely to do anything else than yeah. get stung by mortar hornets. There's nothing to be afraid of. And of course to the beekeepers, I say, look, you know, these have been existing in, in Asia for a long time. You know, beekeepers have their over there have their own management strategies, just, you know, and, and it's not going to be like Varroa where they've, you know, sort of adapted, you know, the beekeepers over there, you know, they still lose colonies to these hornets. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so some kind of measures can be put in place and, and we'll just adjust just like we adjust to bears, just like we adjusted to the beetles, you know. Yeah, yeah. And not only that. I've been following the Department of Agriculture in Washington and their response to it. And they're doing a fabulous job. They're they're engaging citizens and they're training people how to trap for them and how to track them and report them. And so I really feel like we've got the cavalry there and they're ready. They're ready to, to identify any nests that they find. And so I'm not yeah. super worried about them today <laughs> yeah no neither am i i mean not only are they going to take a long time to spread if they do i i have a feeling that they're more cli- like climate uh restricted mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. and yeah and and yeah i mean you caught me i was listening to another beekeeping podcast other than yours it's okay and, and and they had on a fella that was uh his job was to go out and try to find them and trap them and make make baits and and that kind of thing and i mean those those people are so smart they know exactly what they're doing they're extremely vigilant um you know i i'm not i'm not worried about it either and, and you know what pacific northwest a long way from texas so i'm sorry <laughs> Northwesterners, but if you're the sacrificial lamb, we will figure out how to how to if they actually if I'm wrong and they're actually a problem, we'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, it'll take them a while to spread. Yeah, so. I, I truly agree. 
you know, I remember it as a kid, you know, the killer bees, you know, yeah. they're going to get you. They're going to descend like a cloud upon You're just going to be walking home from a school one day and then like just a swarm of bees is going to show up and get you. You know, that's what I always thought as a kid. It was terrifying. And then now as a beekeeper, I'm like, God, this is ridiculous. Why did we? It just makes people afraid of bees. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so and I don't want that. I'm so glad, though, that that the whole bee conservation thing is in the limelight now. You know, I got started beekeeping right as that was really hitting its like peak and, and it, it arguably still in its peak. And, you know, it was a big deal. So I, I never got to beekeep in an era where people didn't look at you and like basically treat you like a military veteran, you know, like mm -hmm. we're like, thank you for your service to the bees, you know? <laughs> and I love it though. I love yeah. that they're like that now, you know, I tell them, look, I mean, it's a little more complex than that. Than, 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 I'm, than me just simply being a conservationist. Um, but thank you. And yeah, please don't kill the bees. Hire me instead to remove them alive. <laughs> you know, I even imagine this idea if those hornets got out of control, for example, like I think for starters, what are they like four times the size of a bee? I mean, surely like some form of entrance reducing could go in place. Yes. Uh, you know, some kind of sentinel apiary situation can be in place. I mean, there's, there's just so many, it's not even going to be close to what Varroa is like, where, where they, you right. know, it's like a disease, you know? <laughs> it's a buffet. Yeah. It's a, buffet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a buffet. Oh, gosh. Oh, and I've seen the videos, you know. Oh, I'd already seen the videos so many times of the bawling and cooking of the Hornet. And, you know, at this point, People send me the video and I say, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't even, I don't even get into the whole, like, I've already seen this a million times, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. And you know, yeah. it'll wear off. It'll wear off. People will forget all about it. They'll get distracted with the election or something else. And, well, and then we could go back to beekeeping. <laughs> I don't know. I just want to make a little prediction for um, when yellow jackets peak Oh. later this year. I, I suspect that, people will be calling and saying they have a nest of murder <sighs> hornets in their yard. I didn't even think about that. I haven't even thought about that <laughs> Sorry. One. Oh my but goodness. Especially. <sighs> because it, like, I'm sure you get this also when people have yellow jackets, they'll like call and say, I have a swarm of bees, ground bees. Yeah. Mm. But you're like, no, 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 no. They're, those are yellow jackets. They're not bees. They're different. Yeah. Well, you have to you have to really get at it. I've learned how to ask questions strategically. You don't depend on people for information. You ask <laughs> yeah. you don't ask open-ended questions. You say, "What are the bees in? Are they under a tree or are they in an ir in a shutoff valve, in an irrigation shutoff valve or something?" Uh, and you know, if they're like under a tree, I'm like, "Uh, or just in the ground." I'm like, "They're yellow jackets." You know, you, you need to call an Click. exterminator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Call an exterminator whatever. I don't know how to peacefully locate those. I'm yeah. working on it, but I I don't know how um you know versus you know i've learned to, to ask the right kind of questions I, do, I don't even ask people how long have the bees been there anymore i just mm -hmm. say when did you notice the bees because um, that's the only information i want i i uh people are, are always happy to give you uh their opinion or, or their <laughs> or their uh their theory about the bees and what they're you know well i you know i think it's because of my uh it's because of my magnolia tree, you see. <laughs> I always see them on the magnolia tree, and now they're in my wall. So should I cut down my tree? <laughs> like, oh, no. 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 Oh. <laughs> so a lot of the job is education, actually. Even when I'm working with non-beekeepers, it's a lot of education. <laughs>
which which i would think you think i get tired of it after you know i'm still i'm only a few years into it so maybe i, I i'm knock on wood but uh not tired of it yet so <laughs> this is the first year where i felt pretty irritated being out swarm catching and having people ask a bunch of, a bunch of questions mm -hmm. yeah it's rough you you got to learn to enjoy the limelight you got to learn to to just lap up the attention that's what i've yeah, found it's yeah. like yeah yeah i'm a hero yeah yeah and then i feel better <laughs> about telling them, especially if, if i've already arranged payment beforehand like i know i'm getting paid you know i know you're you know and you always got to entertain their their story about the first time they got stung or, yes. you know, or my grandpa used to have bees and I always ate the honey and that kind of thing. And that's cool. You know, people just want someone to relate to most of the time. Yeah. And it's years of being in the food service industry. I've kind of learned how to just condition myself for that yeah. <laughs> and just kind of nod and listen and say, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I went on one swarm catch this year where the gentleman and his wife were so comfortable around the bees. I mean, they were right right there mm -hmm. with me while I was gathering them and they were asking really wonderful questions. And, and you're suited up, right? I had my veil on, <laughs> but- and They're just standing there. They, oh, were, they were great. And, and I told them afterwards, I was like, you really seem like you would make really good beekeepers. Cause they were just so calm and curious and really, you could tell they were really moved by the whole experience. And the guy built a beautiful top bar hive oh. and got bees. Oh, wow. So you started like, beekeepers. They really, and I would not normally recommend, you know, anybody that I go and collect bees from that they become beekeepers. But there was something about their curiosity and the way they were engaged. And they were just really, you tell it was really special for them. And so, you know, I just was like, you should, you should do this. This is really awesome. And they have a, a wonderful place and big gardens and big yard and everything. And, and yeah, he built the top bar hive. He drove it over here so I could see it. And he wanted to see my setup. And then Ooh. he got it all set up in his garden and he got some bees and he's, huh. his, well, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's actually how I got into the consulting aspect of my business is removals and people saying, you know, wouldn't it be nice if I could keep these bees, like specifically these bees that have been causing me trouble? Um, you know, I could keep them in my backyard and this and that. And I always tell them, like, look, we can keep these bees, but like we're going to need to requeen them because they're a little testy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're not going to have a pleasant experience. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes but. a difference when the bees are nice. But yeah, no, I, that's so cool. Thanks for letting me do it. It's oh, super thanks fun. Thanks for coming on. It's awesome to meet you. And I'm going to link up your website and your social media oh, sure. accounts so people can find you. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, oh. stay safe, Jeremy. I'm glad you're you're a mask wearer and um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> keep doing very all much. the awesome things that you're doing for the bees. Oh, thanks so much, Mandy. I really appreciate it. All right. Take care. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. To learn more about Jeremy, you can visit me online at beekeeperconfidential.com where I've included links to his website, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. I hope you're all staying safe and having a fabulous bee season. Until next time, may the buzz be with you.
Beekeeper Confidential is a Waggle Works production and is written and produced by Mandy Shaw.